0: Greetings, everyone. This is Tabitha back for another edition of White Wellness Radio. Today is December 19th, 2023. We've got two days to the winter solstice, and I'm here today with a very special guest for a Yule show for all the listeners. This show is called That Solstice Glow, and joining me for this special edition Yule show, I have Molly on the line. Molly, how are you doing today?
1: Doing very well, Tabitha. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I'm great. I'm excited to talk about um, Yule and all the interesting findings you've uh, found for this um, this great festive show.
1: Yes, and um, this is, this may be a little different, it, but I think it's it's relevant. Mm. And thinking about the season of light and the fact that we are beings of light, we put off light um, and we eat light through through. Food, you know, that's mm-hmm. through plants, through animals that have consumed sunlight, and um, we are very connected to the sun, the seasons, and the sun gets a lot of mention now because it's it's at the lowest point. And actually, these days before solstice, in some in some cultures, there's you know, it is kind of the dark moon of the year, mm. and it's it's can seem. Like you're confronted with a darkness of uh, that isn't, it's rich. It's the year, what you've done, maybe regrets, losses, um, you know, those things that come up to the surface when the distractions uh, go away. And in the old times, it was considered a dangerous time for that reason, for yourself. And I think that's why there's all these, it becomes the time of ghost stories and chasing away the darkness. Um, and so it's a shadow, but it's within that is that promise of the light and the light still being there. And I, I was thinking of the Christmas tree and how the light is around... We put lights on it, it's like this uh, everything emits light mm-hmm. including ourselves and our eyes emit light and our DNA is very um responsive to light and um and that there's also light between the cell our own cells. Uh, communicating
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um so I saw something about this being the winter solstice solstice of our civilization because of things we're going through that are being pushed onto us and um the light um the promise of a a new creation a new um bringing forth something from within ourselves, I think, um, I think that that is what I want to talk about next with, with, uh, first of all, do you, want to say anything about that? Any of that?
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that sentiment about us being light beings and about how there's like electrical circuits, you know, mitochondria, I guess we could, we could call it like from a cellular, more kind of, a western modality and then if we're thinking about it from the east it would be more the vril the prana um the chi i guess i consider the vril to be eastern even though i guess it's really Aryan eastern you know slash but all that makes total sense and it also kind of sets the scene for the darkness of this time of year leading up to the darkest day the 21st in two days and also kind of fits in so perfectly just what's happening societally with many um, narratives and many snares happening trying to dim the human light
1: yes exactly and I saw um, there's a book I came across recently called the great taking and I'll just read this it goes along with what you just said presently as we know families are divided people are experiencing a kind of isolation perhaps not physically but in spirit and mind This has been made to happen through the dark magic of false news and narrative. This alone has been a great crime against humanity. The tactical purposes are many, to confuse and divide, to cause disengagement, to demoralize, to instill fears, and to introduce false focal points for those fears, to manipulate the historical narrative, to create a false sense of the present reality, and ultimately to cause people to acquiesce to what has been planned. Um, And then facing this onslaught, how can we know anything? Direct knowledge acquired through one's own experience and the personal experiences of others may be used to pierce these false narratives. Living memory contains clues. What has been done before can be done again. And I think that goes both ways. The old wisdom, when you're connecting with real people, you say, oh, yes. I think we see things the same way. Sometimes you're surprised Mm -hmm. and it kind of distills that um, the spells around us that everything is going dark. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that people are sheeple. Yeah. So I want to mention that earlier this year um, there was a big push openly for artificial intelligence, nanotech. This is kind of the what I wanted to get in next is that the biofield or aura is, is, um, being used. Well, our whole body is being used. This is, when I heard about this, it's called the body area network and wide body area network. And I think most people have heard of the internet of bodies, the internet of things. Mm -hmm. And the it it pulled everything together recently when I, I was listening to various um well there's one in particular called Synergy on Odyssey and she's kind of a whistleblower but she doesn't she talks she shows patents, she shows um textbooks where they're studying this in universities or demonstrations from a school like Rice in Texas. What it is, is all of this stuff is been buried in academia since the early 1900s. And um, so that something could emerge now, I think where they had more control and the government just invested 2 billion is in the new budget for nanotech. Um, wow. <laughs> and that the United Nations has openly said they're going to use nanotech to achieve sustainable development goals. And one of those is is depopulation. So, um, you know, back when I, you know, chemtrails are something I've known about. It was one of the first things that I found out about because I saw it in the sky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, when I was looking into it, I saw that lots of different people were interested in who was looking at nanotechnology and the chemtrails. It was pharmaceutical companies, universities. They were developing through chemtrails different kinds of what they're maybe called now biosensors. You know, the disease Morgellons is one that uses... Mm -hmm. um, absolutely yeah wires and nano tubes and they find strange bio um called cross domain entities that they're tinkering with and what they are is is um something that will pick up on your biological responses and create an electrical signal so and they put it in food they put it in it's hard to know how much of it we have in our system or don't have or, and uh, so that each person can be a node on the internet of bodies and things. And I, you know, the, these transhumanists always talk about humans are hackable animals mm-hmm. and you see how a lot of people, when they go down, especially after they've had the injection, sometimes they'll look like they're being electrocuted. mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: And we're, in, we're already in such a saturated environment that um, it does make you think that because it's just more than humans can handle. Um, and this, there's been a whistleblowers, this blew my mind a little bit, that peer-reviewed white papers on what corona actually was when people were coming down with it and they said it was the misuse of biosensor technology so they're you know acknowledging that there's biosensors that report to back to whoever's tracking this stuff and that this was just a hacking a cyber hacker it can also be that that was when 5G came online yep and i think it's the reason why i think it's important for us to you know talk about stuff like this is because uh, like T-Mobile is just coming out with its own 5G and in France they banned the latest iPhone 12 because of its um, it was too powerful they said it was too damaging to people Um, so uh, and then the company Apple said that they were going to work on it but you see nothing has come out about it here no yeah, so um, I think that in terms of this being the seasonal, light, it's 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 this thing of um, upping our game, upping our game with energy practices. Um, that's basically the message that I'm telling myself from whenever I hear something like this or learn something, because we have a a precious it's our spirit it's our it's our our bones robert becker you know the guy that wrote the electric body he found out mm-hmm. that he through animal experiments that our bones emit piezo electricity and mm-hmm. i've i've listened to a lot of uh, podcasts from sophia smallstorm and she's been talking about this for years and i always thought oh yeah that would be wild if they could do that someday but I think that it's happening. I think that some of this is already in play, mm-hmm. and that the um, the graphene that was injected in people, along with some of these different types of biosensors, nanotech tech. One of the creators of them calls them bio nano machines, and. That the graphene was used to amplify the signal, mm. because what if I'm understanding this correct? In from all the diagrams and and everything is that we we are going to run the system too, like through our own. They want to harness the elect the piezoelectricity of our our bodies to run things, but then our cell phone will give it a kick or. You know something that we have that's smart in our house will um, join with it so it's it's pinging all around the smart meter
0: mm-hmm. yep
1: yeah and that these biosensors have been around since the 50s um, they kind of went together with experiments in the past. the that every living thing has a bio field that you can measure and It's an extension of the body, so it's actually can be considered a body part. But, you know, they want you to think it's like a new age, nothing, you know, that it's airy fairy. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that there's a German doctor in the 80s. He measured the biofields of different living things, and he found that hens in a factory farm have half as much light emitting as those that are raised naturally free range. Makes sense. And if you think about humans and how um, we're becoming indoor people and kind of yep. away from the sun, fearing the sun. Yep. And then kept in fear because fear can, you know, damage your spirit and your.
0: It weakens us. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: And we know we're electric from, from. When you go on the, like the government NHS, I think it's called website, they have something on bio, the biofield, the ARA. And it's, it's central to the new medicine. Um, you know, this transition to, it's almost like engineers are taking over medicine. Because, so creepy. Yeah. So they're called bioengineers, you know, and maybe that's why they're not worried about, these doctors you know not being around yeah so it's kind of you could see it as like a psychic attack or you know it's definitely a physical attack too completely and and i guess they're operated with these low earth orbits of satellites you know the um the ones you can see in the sky sometimes um the spiritual aspect of it is You know, even those who created have called it summoning the demon. Um, We've been watching a show called The Feed, and it's exactly this. It's like people, it's a little bit in the future, and and people are merged with technology. And they, it's just a subtle thing where something takes them over, and you do. They are giving that impression that it's something dark, mm. something demonic. And then they, and with synthetic telepathy, which is, um, you know, this kind of voice to skull stuff, driving someone crazy to do, do certain things. Yep. Um, it's like our nat- our natural abilities, have have been um there's so much interference um and i we can i can drop this in that the at the end of this broadcast i'll put a little clip from the last druid documentary and the gentleman talks about that he inherited this tradition that a lot of the druids kind of went into celtic christianity toward the end there and Mm -hmm and did some of the um, manuscripts, like the Book of Kells, and, and the, he was talking about the triad of three that he was part of, and they would have the telepathy. And in that way, they would share their knowledge, because he was saying, you'll hear him say that in our time, we can know a lot. We can combine just like these transhumanists want to combine our different capacities. I don't know if you remember that recording from a past show. They want to combine us. Um, you can do that. You could see how you could do that. Draw on the knowledge of each other through through some kind of telepathy if you were that advanced.
0: Oh, absolutely! It's it's the real transhumanism if you could use that word for that I mean I, whenever I think of AI I think of Aryan intelligence not artificial intelligence yeah the real thing. say
1: more about that is yes, I love that
0: yeah I, I'm so tired I think a lot of us probably are of hearing just all about AI and how great it is and I'm even seeing a lot of supposed new age or spiritual or holistic people on some of the anti-social medias like Instagram actually saying we should merge with the machine, we should merge with technology. So they're really buying into this artificial, fake, transhumanistic world, when if we really just rooted in and kind of went bare bones and stopped the distractions and stopped the toxicity and stopped the toxic patterns, we would really tap into that innate AI, the real one, the Aryan intelligence, as opposed to being subsumed by the transhumanism. And I think the people who are the most disembodied and the most I guess uh, skizzed off or cut off and have like a schism between their body and their mind are more appetized by the AI. And I could see how it could be very appetizing to a lot of people because there is something very seductive and kind of um, alluring about it, but it's, it's, it comes with a huge price. It's a massive buy now pay later situation when of course tapping into the innate Aryan intelligence takes time. It takes dedication. Sometimes it's, uh, like I wrote the other day on my uh, Telegram account, sometimes you have to walk through coals to get to the rainbow. So it's it's not always the easiest path where with something like the artificial intelligence, the transhumanist stuff, it's very easy to get the supposed results that you want, but they always come with a price. And at the end of the day, it's artificial. And I think it's also uh, Talmudic at the end of the day too.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's like data and a computer. And I think it's been jazzed up with this intelligence. But, yeah, it's one of the things about this, what they're trying to create, this thing that runs on us as nodes, is that that some of these biosensors merge with your DNA. And so, like, it can be a thing where you can't, undo it and that was in this show that um, I've been watching the feed where it's horrifying enough to have something inside yourself that you can turn on and off and connect synthetically there's no more phones and I think the transhumanists have said in the future you won't have phones you'll just turn it on and they stare off into space and they're connecting but the big secret is that the next generation it'll be come with the genetics and yes. they're messing with our DNA um, and the um, like you say it takes dedication um, in some ways I still have one foot in one and one foot in the other and and then and it can feel like you're even more isolated I think they yes it It's, it's a challenge to find that balance, um, because there's so much good from, from sharing information. Um, and I recently got one of those meters and I found out my little mouse emits, it's, it's a wired mouse, but it emits over 50 Hertz of, it goes into the red zone basically of EF, not EMF or RF. Okay. And um, it's very hard to find a mouse that um, doesn't have this. And I was feeling it going up my arm. Like if I was using the computer too much, I would feel the sparks, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? So if you're tuned in, you can feel when you're being overloaded and there's just a very weird suspended feeling I can get when I'm, I just don't feel like myself. And um, yeah, I mean, to to do your own reset, to be out, being um in you know being offline i mean th- i think we're lucky because we're older we we know what it's like to not yeah. be subsumed you know but the next generation if you're growing totally. up subsumed and uh, maybe at the end there's some some energy practices called treat you know triage that one of them is called pilo erection and it's a funny name but <laughs> but it's to kind of um do movements with your arms to get goosebumps on your skin to Mm. kind of try to feel, um, that again, and through music, you know, music that you really like, um, you know, a lot of it's, it's stuff we know, you know, dancing. Um, um, you can use, I think tuning forks are great. I'm just getting into it. I don't, um, I, I, the one of these big tuning forks uh, healers says that our skin is a big ear. I Mm. love that. It's the biggest, yeah, it's the biggest ear. And he was saying that we're all being shuffled into a 2d space when out of the 3d into the 2d. So it's, it's a real diminishment. Yeah. So, and we, we have all these abilities and this um, ability to, move light in ourselves so that's it's kind of a use it or lose it thing because it feels like sure yeah if we don't it's like if you give it over give over passively to it uh what are you what's in the bargain like you said Mm. you know yeah so we can um move on to the next oh i okay i i don't think i mentioned the internet of behavior because that started this year okay this is important um they call it the next trend it was in forbes um the internet of behavior is the next trend to watch okay and um it's called a revolutionary way to monitor control and model human behavior and a lot of this is not about a kind of killing someone but about developing targets this is what they t- talk about um okay. yeah so i mean i think that the depopulation is is the big goal but whoever's left to get them where they want them basically so i think this you know when i'm when i'm around you know it's good to know that this is in play cuz it's it's um these divisions, right left, mm-hmm. um, all the, a lot of planned protests and movements, and then changes in with people you know, you know, um, you know, uh, I've been, yeah, I recently talked to someone that had gotten the injection, and I went on a limb and I, I told her there may be things you can do because she said she had been sick, Um, but I just got a very curt response back. Um, But I was glad I did it because I cared about her. And if she was Mm -hmm. open to it, I wanted to take that chance. Um, But you do see that behavior or you do see that response a lot, like that shutting down.
0: I've seen it too. Yeah. It's like they don't even want to know what they kind of did to themselves because I think there's so much uh, shame Attached to it and fear and um, just just a lot of just humiliation and uh, detachment from who they are. I've seen it with people who I've known for, gosh, since I was like in kindergarten. And uh, it's it's just really sad to see. And the reasons why people did it is it was so um, so erroneous and useless at the end of the day, too.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if the same way we're relieved that it was like a test.
0: Yeah, it was. That you
1: made it there's the flip side of that of, yeah, what did I do? And then there's an aspect of losing capacity to, you know, know what's been done too.
0: Yeah. That's, that's even probably scarier than, maybe for some it might be more blissful because they might be in so much pain and stress knowing what they actually did to themselves. I don't know which one would be more deleterious.
1: Yeah. Okay. So do you want to move on to our next?
0: Yeah, certainly. Segment? Absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. And okay. So the biofield, the aura basically. Yes. Um, I was thinking about even little baby Jesus has, has a halo. Yes, he does. Yeah. And and uh, I saw a great comment about the the halo. The Celtic cross um, has a halo too, um, mm. and we can talk about that in a minute. But um, that it, it it symbolizes the body, the cross, the um, but there's a lot of clues that you could see like Jesus pointing to his heart the heart is one of the biggest centers of electrical energy and kinetic energy and um, and the full activation of the chakras and then at the top it kind of connecting to the universe
0: mm-hmm.
1: with that big nimbus at the top, uh, the spiritual light, Yeah, so um, you can, I mentioned the Book of Kells. The Book of Kells also has like a double um, ringed halo on on one of the figures, St. John, uh, who supposedly wrote Revelation, the Bible. And that was from, yeah, 800, year 800. And um, yeah, so did you want to talk about that in terms of, the chakras and does anything there conjure anything you want to talk about
0: yes absolutely i'm thinking about from um the uh, vedic perspective of the chakras i'm thinking of the heart chakra the anahata the six-pointed star of course which has been maligned and inverted and, and used in um, unsavory ways but i'm also thinking of that being the bridge from me to we in the bard in the body because the lower chakras are rooted in like me it's survival it's you know food water shelter sex uh, that type of thing you have you know the the root the sacral and the solar plexus and then at the top you have the more etheral ones which are the blending of um you know co-creation and together you have the uh the throat chakra and you have the third eye and you have the crown so there's a a bridge with the the heart i almost kind of see the heart chakra as kind of like the bifrost bridge like the the blending of the you know the two chakra sets together into that mm-hmm. one so yeah. i'm thinking about i'm thinking about that and i'm also thinking about the connection between the heart chakra and the crown chakra i kind of um got the feeling that you were alluding to that right now when you were yeah. just talking about mm. the halo and the heart and how like sometimes we make decisions with our mind sometimes you make decisions with our heart so there's always that too and from the traditional chinese perspective the heart is a very important Um, organ, it's basically linked to spiritual and mental activities. And I think it's believed to be ruled by what they call uh, Shen, which is, or that actually the Shen resides in the heart, which is the, the spirit. So that's the overall vitality in general. So anything that causes heartbreak or heartache will weaken the heart. And then something that is, you know, heartwarming, we even use these expressions, heartache, heartbreak, heartwarming, that expands us, we could actually feel it in our chest, when something is good for us, it makes our heart feel warm and open. And when we have something that's, you know, grief or tragedy, we could actually feel it um, breaking. And there's even been people who have, you know, quote, died from a broken heart. So there's a lot to be said. And also, it's something that is very prevalent with people having medical problems with their heart or dying from heart attacks, especially I think that's the, one of the number one causes of death here in the States for women is is the heart. So there's a lot of emphasis that we should put on the heart more from that spiritual perspective. But all we ever hear about is, you know, that certain foods are going to prevent this and that. And it's, it's always the wrong foods anyway.
1: Yeah. And you think about a lot of people walk around with their shoulders down kind of. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the alternative... Like in, uh, you know, this gets into the cross because the the cross could be seen as like the body with the arms outstretched, you mm-hmm. know, absolutely, like, yeah, extending your field out, you know, being open to life. Um, and um, yeah, in the stuff I was describing for or before. Um, the heart and the kidneys are considered RF sinks, like where, you know, it's, it's almost like the, you know, radio frequency sinks. It's almost like the, um, this system is like a dark age, um, of materialism invading that last space of Mm. the body. I think a lot of people saw that with Corona feeling that it was, um, invading that last space that you think you have for yourself which is your body Mm. i mean uh but in in times past your body has not been it hasn't always been your own you know um like with slavery or with different types of slavery enslavement of course um, and not being able to be um live the way you want or to draw strength from the sun or trees or um the other thing about that is one of the weaknesses of this system is cutting is they need sight lines and I think this is one of the reasons why they're doing all this tree cutting like in, U, in the UK and but um yeah so the swastika also was was there's these really cool petroglyphs of Figures that are, um, you know, ancient, and like as the body dancing, and um, that that that's a type of cross too. Like it, yeah, yeah, does. It and uh, I was seeing how the the cross is is kind of a. You know, it it, it came with the druids. Um, the, the Ankh, and then the Druid cross has the kind of what looks like a halo at the top, and if you think about, um, yeah, because they didn't use the cross in Christianity till till 600 years after Jesus died, I guess, because and it's not even clear if they used that type of cross to do what they said happened there mm. like they usually use an x yeah so um what i was thinking about was the cross having this person suffering on it is is an interesting shift from being someone with your arms outstretched to being someone suffering on your own frame you know mm. Yeah. Um, like the, the, wanting that to be the focus, um, in certain Christian religions of someone who's totally collapsed, you know, you could focus on the part after where he showed, Hey, look, look at me. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm still alive. I my, my energy body was released from that sack that you see up there you know yeah. um it's true yeah i find that really interesting i've never really thought too much about the cross but lately i've been thinking about in terms of the body and being here to experience you know you, you think of um uh, leonardo da vinci's um mm-hmm. drawing of um yes the man with the arms outstretched. Yes. Yeah, and um yeah, it's almost like the total opposite of of curling inward into a fetal position like in the matrix.
0: Yeah, and, it's actually totally opposite. It's a good point.
1: And then having someone sucking your essence. Yes. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And that position of like that fetal position of curling in, that's like a very traumatized position. Like you were saying earlier with like the shoulders and when someone has their arms splayed out and their legs down looking like a cross, it's kind of like a power position.
1: Yeah. It's, it's usually like, if you look for images, I was looking for an image for the show and like the symbol of spiritual, it's always, that's a little bit cliche, but it's always someone kind of, like they're embracing the universe with their arms out yeah. under a, yeah. under the Northern lights or something. Um, That's I, true. Yeah. With joy, any season. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can be in cornfields, wheat fields. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like a stance of abundance, I guess, when you open your arms like that, it's like you're, it's almost like when someone runs to hug someone and they open their arms and they're expressing that abundance or when an animal with, um, with wings opens up and shows their wingspan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Their power. Yeah. Territory and power.
0: So it's weird to have an emaciated man, like on that, that power, you know, power pot basically on that, had that posture, you know, on, or like even slumping down, like on the, on the cross, it's kind of a weird juxtaposition.
1: Yeah. And if you, you know, a lot of the new age talks about Christ consciousness about, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I think when I see him pointing to his heart and I see things like the halo that, that it was, it would be, you know, Christ consciousness would be to want to activate everything and keep the energy moving, being open to life. Um, whoever that was initially, or if it was some kind of awakening that happened, in that era, you know? Yeah, that too. Yeah. And so there's a couple of things related to the cross that I wanted to mention that, that along the lines of the cross, you know, this time being, sometimes it can be a real mishmash when you look at Yule and there's different ways. A lot of it's been, some of it's been lost and we're we're really uh picking from here picking from there and um i was thinking how these high crosses in there's these high crosses in the uk and survive the jive did a great video on how what we think of as celtic designs like on the celtic cross are actually mm-hmm. germanic nordic they the vikings were all over there they were doing this interlace design, and then there's lots of animal totem mixed in that Anglo-Saxon would be more, that they were more um, prominent with. And then on some crosses, I thought this was interesting, that you would see a a mix of a lot of different, it was almost like everyone came to put their um, mark on something, or Mm -hmm. it was a time of blending or a transition and um, and the this ties in with what the druid the druid fella says that we instead of trying to revive something that's no longer alive that uh, traditions of order can emerge um, and um, I thought that was extremely wise for someone who who was saying he was one of the last of his order um, that, and we're, I think one problem we have is that we're like with the Druids. I just read this great book on Druids and it's called the Druids Celtic priests of nature by Jean Marcal, He's a Frenchman. And he was saying that you, the Druids were very, the reason they could have their position was they were they got their power from the people and the people got their power from him yeah. or her there was a few you know there were some women but the and that it it might have come from egypt so it was a very ancient um tradition that it can be linked to the vedas in some way and uh And that, that because we don't have that society, when you're, when you're looking to practice that, you're, you're very isolated, which is a completely different thing. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. We're terribly isolated now. And, um, I think it was, it was uh, trickling down that way before, uh, the virus, but the virus really like capped that and. Now with the whole uh, climate change narrative and people sometimes even being afraid to go outside or having um, climate change anxiety, it's um, a lot of things have changed than when they, how they're really supposed to be working. And a lot
1: of gatherings I've noticed just stopped.
0: Um, Yes.
1: Like my mom had a book club that was very active and for some reason they just didn't find their momentum again. Yep. Um, I think they've used it in some places to close down pubs and those were tra- traditionally meeting places.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. A lot of places really never got going again after the virus. And it was almost like too much time went by and then people just kind of forgot about it. Or some people actually died who were members of these clubs or these organizations. And I was also thinking too, when you were talking about the X, that um, Twitter is now called X, not Twitter anymore. So that's basically across two. And I was also thinking a while ago, we had been talking about this in an email, um, the whole idea of like triple X and the whole pornographic industry. So like we've we've seen X a lot in um, society, you know, in the last maybe four or five decades or so, but it's definitely something that's out there.
1: And then Generation X. and Generation X, yep. And YX, like... It was, um, boomer you know, silent, right? <laughs> it was like, um, uh, I almost feel like it was, you know, X can be a target too, you know?
0: Yeah. And it was the mm-hmm. first generation that was called something other than boomer silent, um, yeah. whatever a greatest generation, a lost generation. Like why was it X? And then they ended up calling millennials Y, but now they call them millennial. And then I guess they call generation Z. They call them Zo- but they still call them zoomers. Like we're not anything but X, if you're Generation X. There's nothing after X. Like Z is Zoomer,
1: and then they started with Alpha, didn't they? Because it was almost yeah. I think yeah. I think it has to do with transhumanism, to be honest, because it was like yeah. I think mm-hmm. they were our generation was winding down. Yes. Um, they were training us to be hive-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was just talking today about to someone else about the pods system in my school and mm-hmm. and it was this crazy 70s experiment they threw all the kids into one giant room it, they we were in three groups moving rotating around. the teachers never really knew our um, names hardly because it was just wow it was extremely chaotic you couldn't sometimes you couldn't hear your teacher because the other the other class was bleeding through on your class. Um, it was middle school too. So it was like, uh, wow. Panammonium. Um, but that's just one example. I think too, that they got us hooked on TV through Sesame street Mm -hmm. and TV, TV has always been a huge one for, um, putting people in a trance basically a talk, you know, that's your biofield going to that's you shutting down also. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Super. It's super hypnotic. And now I think the TV is very much second fiddle to, um, the phone and anti-social media, especially with the, the zoomer crowd and, and maybe even millennials or, or alpha. I mean, the TikToks and the very, very tiny little dopamine hits are, are their, their television essentially.
1: Mhm. Yeah. So we can, we can move on. Um,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah i was I was looking at these cool petroglyphs of uh the sun wheel and and also reading that ha- that when you see some of these you you also can see that they had a symbol for the sun mm-hmm. so it's so what is a sun wheel this is an interesting thing it's very popular to burn one and send it down the hill you know during a for in some places um Mm -hmm. and uh i like it actually i think it's on the adl's list of um (laughs) of course it is hate symbols but i saw i was reflecting on something i read about that it's it's like a divine it can be seen as like the divine force um the engine that turns the wheel of life um and it's you can see it on Viking ships. Um, it's guiding. It's like the Viking ships, after, the spirit ships after they're dead, are going toward it. So it could have to do with um, divine light. Um, but these petroglyphs that I sent to you on that paper, they're interesting because they're in the. It's in the body. It's like. Um, that as above so below thing, so it's like a the people made out of the sun wheel. The sun wheel is their body and they have these really long legs and um there's all these um ships on the side and and it looks like they have erections. Uh, did you see that picture?
0: Uh no, I, I didn't see that picture.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe some of the images didn't come through.
0: No, they didn't come through unfortunately.
1: Okay. I'll send it to you later just so you can see it.
0: Okay, great.
1: Yeah, and um, I know the sun wheel is, you know, it can be many things, the elements, the seasons, the wheel of the year. Wheel of the year, yep. Yeah, but again, um, with these ancient uh, petroglyphs, it's interesting to think about it in terms of our body and you know, this frame, this frame of light that we
0: have. -hmm. It makes me also think of the chakras sometimes being called uh, wheels and the chakras. I think I talked about this on a show a while ago, how the chakras go back to the the Celtic system. And of course, I think many listeners know that the chakras are are Vedic and Aryan. And of course, the Celtic system is too. And even the word Rishi being an anagram for for Irish. So it all kind of fits in together, even that, that wheel symbol which makes sense why they would put any powerful symbol on their list because it is one of our symbols after all.
1: Oh yeah. Would you like to take a little break?
0: Sure. That's fine with me. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Um, I'll close up then.
0: Well, hello everybody. Um, Now we're going to shift gears a little bit and change the topic. And we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, mistletoe so Molly what can you share with us about mistletoe
1: okay well this actually relates to what we've been talking about because it's has to do um, it's from the book the druids Celtic Priest of nature and he ties it in with biodynamics and drawing mm. out the light of a particular plant like how this was an ancient art and <laughs> The reason we have a we have a druid ritual that comes to us from Pliny the Elder. I'm heard, I'm sure you've heard of him, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he wrote that the druids have nothing more sacred than the mistletoe and the tree that bears it, provided that it is a hard oak. And I thought it was interesting that Pliny the Elder said that the druid always wore white during his ritual of cutting. He would um, use a gold um, crescent shaped uh, sickle. And so you had the sun and the moon there represented. And that um, a lot of times it was done during a certain time of the lunar cycle and not necessarily the winter solstice, but of course we have it's a prominent symbol for us. And I find it interesting that that Pliny the Elder says that for the Druids, it was kind of considered a panacea, a universal panacea. Hmm. And they that they believed that taking a drink, it would provide fecundity to sterile animals and that it constituted a remedy against every poison. In Irish, the name is Eulife. Yuligh- I don't know how to pronounce that, which means cure all. And in Welsh, it's close to the same meaning
2: Mm. in
1: Breton, which is another Celtic um, region. It's um, same, similar. It means high branch. And, and it's also called the water of the Oak. And, it's considered a, you know, it's a parasite that, that kind of draws on the essence of the oak. That's why it's called, it drinks the tree sap, and it's called the water of the oak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's considered one of the most ancient plants on the planet, perhaps one of the first to have appeared. I'm not sure how the they know that. And wow. in, and in any event is an escapee from a faraway mm-hmm. era in which the conditions of life were not similar to those today. From this, it can be concluded that mistletoe has survived different stages of evolution and adapted itself to new circumstances as a matter of life or death. Unable to draw its vital energy from the earth as other plants do, it attached itself to plants whose vital energy it made its own. In this sense, mistletoe frees the energy, the oak, or any other tree it hangs on and uses it. Wouldn't this be the best example of the theory of plant energy? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so, um, the, the idea of how it connects here is, is that we're drawing out the essence of, Mm -hmm. of, of ourselves, um, the radiant versions of ourselves. It's a time of regeneration Mm -hmm. and, um. It's also considered a time between time, you know, when the veil is thin. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And it can be, I like the idea of it being many days, like many weeks. Um, Yeah. And in some cultures they would use that time for partying. Like I was reading about in certain areas in Scotland, they would have like three week parties. And you're not you don't you're not burdened with a lot of the chores if you're in one of those far north cultures. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're generating that um, connection. And it's interesting because we don't have the sun. So in some of those biophoton experiments, they showed they showed the actual what it looks like. Like the biggest radiance was when a woman was holding her child. And it was, you could see the glow of the aura, Mm -hmm. um, of the whole thing together. Also when you're holding an animal, your pet, so you can imagine when the external light goes out, you're, you're drawing on your inner sun, your inner radiance, your solar plexus, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the old, oldest gods from is actually a goddess, a sun goddess called Sol, um, and is is thought to you know be Indo-Indo-European or Proto-Indo-European, mm-hmm. and um, I also like the like in the Slavic tradition they have it's called Kolyada this time of year when when um, one of the goddesses goes into a cave to birth the winter sun. I like that imagery, and because it does feel like. Um, Going going within to draw out something new, and a lot of a lot of people like to purge and declutter and polish yeah. the silver and and get ready for yeah the new year. You can't if if you're in real cold conditions you can't go outside. So you can you can mix it up with your space. And...
0: Yeah, that's actually. Um, a great time to do it we're always associated with the whole spring cleaning but wouldn't we want to be outside in the spring I mean it's kind of Mm -hmm. like this is the time of year plus we also have you know the change of, of the calendar even though this calendar might not mean as much as it really could mean if it was another calendar but still it's what we're accustomed to growing up with it so yeah the whole cleaning thing really makes sense also you know forging just new habits and maybe you know traditions around this time of year. So yeah, it, it all fits into that, that context. And I like that story that you just said about birthing the sun, because we kind of have that, I guess, shown with the whole Christmas idea of it being like Jesus's birthday, or some, some believing that if some people actually believe it's the Feast of the Epiphany, which I think is the 7th of, of January. But there's definitely something being birthed, even though it's getting uh, cold and and darker.
1: Yeah, and you could even see it as something fragile being birthed. Um, yeah, and like a newborn. Um, yeah, and sometimes it's it's more of a quiet, and the celebrations come later. Um it's, Like the those first days of the the solstice were very dark. You know, it's very dark. It's um, extremely. Yeah. So I, I I actually feel more that I feel more like being reflective and then kind of getting into party mode later when the cultural Christmas hits Mm -hmm. and um, enjoying the colors of that and the lights and everything. Yeah. And um, so this year I did what I usually do. I went to um, Lowe's and I got some remnants of some branches. I, I don't usually get a tree. Um, but Mm -hmm. I like to get the branches and put them all around. Um, it's definitely smelling, I'm smelling it. And, Mm. um, and I've got all my ornaments, not on a tree, but along a mantle. And, um, we have a lot of, lot of lights around that we usually don't have. You know, one thing is, you know, in the summer, you don't really need the light because it's, the days are so long, you know, so that's. So it's it's nice to have those lights. And what what are you doing uh, that's special?
0: Um, I've added some flare, some Christmas slash Yule flare to the house. So I have a, a variety of things up. I have these little like reeds that are made with beads. So when you jangle them, they sound like or bells. Actually, they sound very lovely. I thought um, I've got a really tiny tree up here, and I've got some cat proof ornaments on the tree. Mm-hmm. I had to remove the tinsel because that just was a no-go, yeah. so I have that, and I have a real wreath on the door, which smells so great and mm. so seasonal, and I have a couple of other things. I have like a Christmas snow globe, so I have a, I have a bunch of things up. I typically do that for all the holidays, for you know, Soween, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day. I always put some type of seasonal flair up, so I have I have that, and I'm also just thinking about what I'm going to make for the I guess the next week upcoming, I'm probably going to do a couple of different types of cookies. I'm not entirely sure yet. I have a bunch of Christmas cookie books that I read through. And I like the idea of doing something spiced. I like how the uh, Scandinavian people use cardamom in a lot of their spiced cookies. I really like that spice. And then when it comes to the actual festive day of um, Christmas, I will probably do like a glazed ham along with some other seasonal Foods, And I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to be doing on Yule, which is two days from now. To be honest, I always do more of a food festival on Christmas because I guess I am a cultural Christian, even though I'm really not Christian. It's very much a cultural holiday for me and, I guess, friends and family. But on Yule, the day of, I think I just reflect more on that day and just kind of relish the the quiet uh, darkness, the yin energy of it all.
1: Yeah, same. That's why I can relate to a lot of the kind of darker legends and the idea of telling ghost stories and getting very quiet and sitting mm-hmm. by a candle. Um, sometimes I'll bring in some something from outside, like that I found, like um, leaves or something like that. I have a very extremely tiny. It's like a micro leaf that I found that has these beautiful colors. I have it right now next to me. Um, and then the other thing is thinking about the ancestors. Sometimes this is a, if you're thinking mm-hmm. about, it has a deep energy of the veil being thin, or just, um, you know, that can, that can go both ways. It can be frightening if, if your psyche is um, in upheaval, but it can also be something you draw on if you're um, able to go into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. That's what I'd like to do. That's what I intend to do is, um, you know, I think the, the, the show we've been talking about the aura, the biofield, your spirit, your, mm-hmm. your light. And there's so many things like in this, um, biofield triage. There's, there's a lot of things that are, are things we, we know that are good for us to do, you know, like an energy work, being outside, doing a little bit of exercise. Um, yep. And eating, eating foods that keep you, um, don't drag you down. Um mm-hmm. and, and it's interesting to think about something harvesting humanity's energy. It's not interesting, it's just kind of just very disturbing. But I think it's not anything new. I think our energy's been harvested in other ways, like like being able to whip everyone up to go to war. For an example, mm-hmm. I mean, that's when um, and you you see how that happened in other times. And like, how could they all just go and do that? Definitely. Um, and I think. Um, yeah, so it is it's the dark and we've talked about a lot of this stuff before, but um, it is like a cave. It is like going into your own cave, finding your own light. It's mm-hmm. the hermit card. is That's what it is in the tarot. One thing I want to mention that I didn't mention before is a lot of people I know have tinnitus. And uh-huh. um, I talked to a friend the other day, and she said she got, um, she was deaf for like a few days and, wow. and had serious tinnitus in one ear, and it went away. And this is the kind of thing I think that we are dealing with, and we're going to deal with increasingly um it's important you know it's always important to know yourself but um with with uh knowing okay there's one thing i didn't mention too called neuromodulation knowing that's what the behavior stuff modification Mm -hmm. if, if they're able to do that on that level on that nano level um just just being um being aware of what, of how you're feeling. Um, If you're lucky to be going on an optimal path, like I think you are uh, and dedicated. Yeah. That's, that's a great path to be on.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of what, I guess what, being alive is all about or one of the things that's being alive is all about is is that that path that cannot be bought someone could have all the you know the materialistic riches in the world and still not have those things so I think oftentimes we associate that with like real wealth but I think focusing on the spiritual wealth and of course you know honing a little bit of the material wealth as well um, just to live comfortably but I think the spiritual wealth is definitely something that I reflect on this time of year. And I think about, you know, getting rid of possessions, um, maybe getting rid of habits that no longer serve things like that. Uh, tuning into the body. I've been doing a somatic course for the last six weeks or so, and I've really been tuning into the body, which is something that I think more and more we're kind of told not to do, even though there's always this like kind of like cultural message of mindfulness, but I don't really think anyone really knows what that means. Uh, because it's kind of just like an open-ended thing. And even sometimes some people who do a lot of these meditative practices actually kind of will sever their mind-body connection. So just because something is a supposed, um, you know, mindful activity, it actually may keep us from really feeling what the body wants intuitively and listening to the body. Like I always say the body is sending us text messages. So this time of year, I just think like as the year is closing, like how can we kind of put the final uh, finishing touches, the final polish on the year and say goodbye to maybe things that are no longer serving us, whether that be belongings or, or habits, maybe even humans or communities, and then work towards the things that we want to add in. Sometimes we actually don't have to get rid or add in anything, sometimes just actually getting rid of something. We're always told we need all of these things to be complete. Sometimes actually doing less or having less is better than buying all these new things too.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing I was to bring it into this issue of the biofield as like a extension of your body. The um, I was reading about how the, it kind of brings, it's, it in, takes all of your senses and then it's like a, it's an extra. So like if you're, it's a sense that you have like when you're sensing people, um, you like, you get a bad sense or a good sense um, or yeah, like this is not my vibe. Um, And um, if you, if you are um, scrambled, it's like your signal is being scrambled. Like if you're, that happens to me if I'm around a lot of people with devices Mm -hmm. Um, and it takes a while to not be, to get clear again, to not be bunched up. So Mm -hmm. I know I'm not making my best choices. And here's the thing, like if I'm feeling scrambled, it's, it's a thing. Am I going to unwind from that? Or am I going to, uh, try to stimulate myself out of it or, Mm -hmm. um, dampen with, alcohol or um, distract myself and just deal with it later when I'm in the bathtub. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's, um, it's also physical too. So, you know, it's, you've got to give your body what it needs to be at peace. And so I think I'm going to be working on those bunched up areas and, you know, and like you said, getting rid of things Including worries.
0: Yes, yes, that's a big one. Not just physical stuff, you know, cleaning up the closet and getting rid of an old sweater or a pair of sneakers. It's also, yeah, unburdening the soul and the mind from from worries or old beliefs.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we we can wrap it up unless you wanted to mention anything else. Um,
0: what can I think of? Um, just on the topic of like embodying light, just to say one more thing. You know going back to the beginning of the show about how we're coming to the season that really is the darkest season and i'm thinking uh, even yesterday i was driving around seeing all the festive lights on people's properties and how nice that is to see even in this crazy big busy, busy world people still making the effort to put lights up it's it's kind of nice to see that and it always lets you know that um, that that's someone who is into Christmas because we always have this dampening of the other, you know, supposed holidays, like on to Christmas, even though this is really about the winter solstice season, not so much the other thing. So I think about that. That's an embodiment of light that people make that effort and want to show off their lights and just to cultivate, like you were saying, to cultivate habits that embody more light and not to necessarily get caught up with regulating with things that are stimulatory, even though we've all done it, and we probably are are still doing it to an extent, and that's okay, but just becoming aware of what we're doing, and try to make, you know, 90% of the things you do good, you know, not just necessarily good, maybe good and bad is the wrong thing to say, but uh, nurturing or nourishing to you. I think good and bad is just kind of um, dualistic language when it comes to, you know, what helps the self. Of course, in reality, there are things that are good and bad, but for the self, think about things that nourish your own light as opposed to things which dim your light because there are a lot of things out there that are working to dim our light. So focus on the things that nourish you and, and boost your light.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you can almost, with with a theme of the show, I think is, is that isolation and, you know, one angle of what people are dealing with. And the light, um, you can almost join others in a dim light and say, Oh, my light's dim too. Check me out. Yes. Yeah. And, exactly. and, and, uh, and let's share dim lights or what's, what's your um, sob story for the week or, yeah. um, yeah. And I can flip into that. I can, um, with my family, um, you know, I'll be going to see, um, some family and they're all a little bit, um, I'm not sure what's going on, but, uh, flat, I could say, Mm. um, lately, but when we, you know, there will be some high points. Um, but yeah, it's, I can, I want to not kind of match that frequency, you know, to, and I, and that's what I try to not to do. Because if you think about it, what, one thing we could say is, is a challenge is to staying strong ourselves in our own light no matter what's going on, no matter what, um, you might want to piece, you want to might want to feel like you belong. Oh, you know, all this anti-white stuff, you know, There to focus on that. Um, we're being genocided. Of course, you know, a lot of those things are true. Yeah. Um, but I've got, I guess in the last year I've gained some, Become more philosophical about it because I think, I think that we're all um, being, uh, we all have this challenge, but it's it's an ancient thing that's gone on, and the people involved in this, what what I was talking about earlier, they're they're like people that work in a lab that it's all very compartmentalized. They probably go home and make dinner and you know, hug their kids and like, there's a strange, I think it's some of this is like something that's moving toward like more disembodiment, like more dark age. And maybe that's the Kali Yuga thing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, um, when you, when you focus on that a lot, you can feel, you can feel blackpilled. You can, you can match that. Um, yeah, so I'd like to, I think I'm on this path of learning, being more in that zone. Like, you know, when I put my head down on my pillow at night, knowing that I was, was out, was doing things, was giving my attention, my attention to things that, um, boost that inner light this is very new to me to think about I mean I had heard about the aura before but to think about um to really feel it to kind of see how it plays out and to know that it's being it could potentially be drained from me you know if you think about um it's your precious vitality and it really is that Skeksis thing from the dark crystal You know, if you think about our, we have crystalline structures in our, um, in our body, like when they distill things down to the essence. Um, -hmm. and, um, there's something kind of magical about it. You were talking about the lights, the there's a, like when, when people have lights on, it shows that they want to share that enchantment of the season. Yes. So it can be like a, a springboard to giving yourself that confident confidence boost to not be dragged down by this kind of undertow that we're all feeling of, of things are just getting worse or worse. And they're about to do this digital money thing. And, um, cause they want to do a digital money that hooks up with this system. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking about, yeah, I want to know more about this magic. Because the last year I've been looking for, what you know, what is this thing about? What is the real magic? I even got a book on real magic, but they were talking about all these characters like Blavatsky. And, mm. you know, it was kind of more that. Yeah, I've already been there, done that. Yeah, Um, I want to know, like the closest I've seen lately is this stuff about the mistletoe and, um, but that, that's drawing from another time. And I think in other times they were more aware of these lines, these energy lines, like on the Mm -hmm. earth. And you could see like how these ley lines or dragon lines, like those could be like where the heart, they could, you could have these points on the earth where, it's like the heart there it's there's more concentrated energy mm-hmm. and um it's very um there's a lot of magical there's a lot of magic there if you see life through that lens with with so much noise sometimes it's it's uh, it can be drowned out and that's the way they're creating an artificial culture that is is an overlay of what we could be experiencing um yeah.
0: yeah that's what they're doing for sure and yeah I guess what you said like it's so easy to become subsumed in um all like the fright narratives very easy especially if someone just tunes into that type of stuff and just like you said earlier for the younger generations to be completely subsumed with just um all the stuff about you know computers and their phones. I mean, even now at Whole Foods, you could use your palm to like pay with like Apple pay because the people mm-hmm. are wearing the smartwatch. I don't think there's a device yet in people's hands. I mean, people are going to flock to get something like that. So yeah, I think just staying authentic to yourself and um, realizing it's not all doom and gloom and not having, like you said, like when you're around other people having to fall into the trap of like, you know, feeling terrible. And then like, you know, having that kind of like um, camaraderie with people based on you know, low vibrations as opposed to high vibrations.
1: Yeah. And I think what's unusual about this time is that most people feel that uh, boost. And so you walk around a store, you see people smiling a little more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think there's something, um, that we get that, especially on the day I notice on the day. Yeah. There's, And that could have to do with people not thinking about the day to day and the commercial and commercial activities and things like that.
0: For just one day. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. sometimes it, it is that. And oftentimes it's so funny to me that this season is basically the season of slowing down, you know, inwardness, darkness, yin, shorter days. And then it's a seasonal time when people often are just completely overdoing themselves trying to get everything done
1: yeah yeah and I I think um people are having having challenges um you know there's there's kind of a squeeze happening in different ways um, mm-hmm. yeah um it is it is a good time to of course it's what I like too, is that the pay, the pagan is so strong and it's like, um, so strong. I know. You can tap into that timeless. Uh, you can see the continuity back, back into the past and it can, it can be a boost for something, for a project, for, uh, your sense of identity for, um, yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that, because like I said earlier, they try to put all these other holidays in with the Yule season. But like there's no doubt that this is a pagan holiday. That's what that's what we're celebrating at the root. So even with all that other fluff, um, this is a very spiritual and mystical time of year. And not to squander that, I guess, would be my my lasting advice to live authentic and to think about making changes for the better as you get into the new year, new season.
1: You know, you just made me think of how you get the boost and a lot of times it's, it's squandered in like this kind of over the top, um, uh, overdoing it, um, whether it's eating too much, drinking too much. Um, yeah. And the boost is, is for our spirit. And, mm-hmm. and I, as you were saying that, I can only imagine like how it must feel if everyone's standing in a circle holding hands or, mm. um, you know, standing together watching the new sun or something like that. Um, you know, we're, we are look, we're, it's like an echo. It's like, um, but it's still strong. It's a strong, it's like a pulse. It's like the strongest at the, um, strongest at this time of year Um, even though the light, it's dark. Yeah. We can hear it. It's like a message coming through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Even if the, the time is dark and the days are short, it's like our inner uh, light essence or light embodiment because we're all tied to this. This is like, it's, 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 uh, it's emanating whether we know it or not.
1: Yeah. And then it goes into um, a feeling of clarity in the new year and, and able yep. to see what you want with clear eyes, hopefully. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. definitely like a denouma, and then a a rising up. Yeah, and then that way it does feel like that dark moon. Um, yeah, yeah, very transitional, mm-hmm. and it
0: also makes people want to forge. You know, typically with their resolutions and stuff to forge better habits. So I think on some intuitive level, people see this as a transition to perhaps better themselves, which is always a good thing.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting too, to think symbolically of if those things you want to better that you don't know, you can, you don't know, you have the strength for it. It's like, you're trying to draw something from within, you know, mm-hmm. um, and to ask for, help from unseen places spirit boost to generate that yeah i can. i feel that too
0: yeah yeah that's i think that's natural i think that's a great i think that's a great thing i mean i i always love i love the um the purity of like a month like january it just feels so clean
1: oh yeah and if you're lucky to have snow it's just there's this beauty yeah across the landscape there is there yeah. is yeah I love it too. Uh yeah. the air feels fresher. I always yeah. perk up, you know, I'm in this tropical climate and I always perk up when it's colder. I do more. I can That's why it's such a good time for me to uh take action and on on these kind of things we've been talking about getting getting rid of things that I don't need. And yeah. uh yeah, and that includes online like getting um paring things down. Um Yeah. Hey, yeah.
0: I was actually going to mention that um, because I had a little tiny list right here of the things that I was working on to pare down. And one of them was that not just spending less time online, but, you know, detoxing your email, maybe, you know, unsubbing from stuff that just doesn't resonate with you as opposed to deleting it every single day. Um, Maybe, you know, unsubbing from certain YouTube channels, just taking in less. Well, we've not, it's not just about, you know, maybe, eating the right food or doing the right exercises or hanging out with the right people it's also about just taking in less online because we have to digest all that stuff that we take in so that's something that i'm definitely doing and it also affects our liver and all of our organs to take in like if we're looking at a lot of like horror images of like you know some of the stuff that's going on with like the wars in like the the middle east and like eastern europe if we're looking at those things all the time like that really affects like our liver and it affects like our, our light body. So definitely that's something that I'm working on, um, taking walks, eating warm foods, focusing on my health of my liver, which is like a very important organ for all of us. And, um, something else that I've been working on is just mitigating away from caffeine, uh, feeling myself without, uh, stimulations. And I really like doing these things. It feels like it's a good time to to do these things. Most people might think like, Oh man, why would you do that during like the party season? But you know, partying doesn't have to be about constant stimulation. It can be about relaxation or connection. So I think we have to look at like our idea of like what good times are in a different light.
1: Yeah. It's almost like you need a medium to yeah. connect with people. I know. You know like, uh, through, yeah. Grog, uh, uh mead, yeah. you know, I, yeah. Yeah. You know, something, um, or to like if you're feeling low to get that boost before you go on, put your face on. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. yeah, it would be wonderful, um, to feel more of that natural vitality. And you see that, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of people with this natural vitality lately, but you know, when you see someone and you're like, wow, they, you know, it's a glow from the inside, you know, um, in fact, I don't see a lot of people with that. And interesting with the covering of the face too, with the mask, which is, seems to be coming back in my area, a little Same. bit. Yeah, especially with older people. Yes. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Um, and I'm hoping the cashier where I go shop isn't put going to put on her visor, put on her gloves, put on her mask. I mean, the that whole was, costume. Yeah, the whole costume. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so. I mean, she wore it for the whole. Two years too. it is, yeah. Full wow,
0: long. is this an an older lady or like no. a younger lady?
1: No, she's um, she's probably in her thirties. I think she's well. I know she's from Africa because I talked to her one time. Okay, yeah, um, and they she's have that, just from, how are accents. you today? Yes, yeah,
0: uh, that really strong accent. Yeah, there's yes. a lot of
1: Africans are here. Doing good. Too. I buy all organic. Oh I can't afford all of that. No, no, no. I I, I tried that soup, I love it, but I no no no. I can't get that every day. No. Yeah. Actually, um, yeah. Africans can be can be delightful in some ways. Um, very different um, than African Americans for sure. Yes. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh thank you so much uh for having me on. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, and um, it's always inspiring to hear what you're doing. Um, I think Thank I you. yeah I think that as far as the big things I'm going to do, I just need to be with myself and those uh, allow things to come come up. And I know mm. what I know what the I know what I need to do. You know, it's kind of making those choices moment by moment sometimes too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. You feel yeah, the I pull. Yeah. I think just like rest. Yeah.
1: I'm easily distracted. I'm I'm very emotional, and if I get sucked into something, I can stick on it. And um, but I know I want my to use my my good drama, my intense emotionality um, for other things, relationships, for um, mm-hmm. creativity. And, um, yeah, so I work on that too. And I have dreams that are moving into focus, new dreams. You know, it is a, it is a good time for a gestation period where you may not know what's coming and it's good not to grasp it too quickly because it can, it can be just forming a shape or a feeling or a atmosphere and, and it takes time for it to come into focus.
0: Yeah, for sure. This is a good time to incubate those things and maybe mm-hmm. have the birth happen in, in spring. But I like the incubation nesting, the huga feeling of, of the winter.
1: Yeah. Well, happy solstice, everyone out yes. there. Take happy good
0: solstice. care. Indeed. Uh, thank you again, Molly, for joining me on this show, that solstice glow and thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, be sure to catch all the broadcast over here on white wellness radio, wishing everyone uh, an amazing day. Satnam.
2: Now, because in the last two centuries, because of the exponential increase in knowledge and techniques and skills, medicine, everything, it wouldn't be within the compass of a single human mind, or you wouldn't have the time to train someone to encompass everything. The system of triads was developed, whereby three were brought together. Ben, Milo and Casimir formed such a triad. Because of their telepathic powers, each was able to draw on the other's knowledge. But because of the increase over the last 50 years in radio and telecommunication, telepathy has become impossible. According to Ben, all human communication, language itself, is suffering severe damage. And that is why it was a primary function of the order to preserve language. Language is a kind of magic by which we trigger off telepathic transmission of messages between us. And if you look about the world today, we are becoming more and more confused, more and more cut off from one another. We're all living in our own little realms, of unknowing. This is the great dilemma of of our times. We will never have an end to cruelty and war and oppression and greed and all these evils that we see bubbling all the time. This is a, a thing which I believe very strongly. I know it. I don't just believe it. I know it. I see it about me and I sense it. There has to be a great revolution of the spirit. Otherwise, the world is finished. It doesn't need the atomic bomb. It doesn't need any of the worst horrors of modern technology, the smart bomb, mustard gas, nerve gas. We will destroy ourselves in some other fashion. But it's essential the amnesia is got rid of. That we get back to a state of primitive thinking, clear. Technology must be brought under proper control. We, in the order, we never condemn technology because it has given uh, uh, great benefits to humanity. It has taken away a lot of suffering and pain and medicine. and. It has enabled knowledge to be diffused much better. But at the same time, it has outstripped the development of the spirit. And then the evil side of technology, we, we've seen its results everywhere. So, this revolution of the spirit will have to be achieved. And this time, it'll have to be achieved without the help of the order. So the order has ceased, in my opinion, to have any further function in society. When people say to me, oh, you're not, do you not feel uh, in despair because you think you're the last of the order? And I quote Tennyson to them. Tennyson says, the old order changes yielding place to new and God fulfills himself in many ways, lest one good custom should corrupt the world. We must change. A new order will evolve, a new order will emerge. It's either that or total destruction. And when I say total destruction it doesn't mean absolute annihilation, but The ending of things as we understand them.